Amen. It's good to be in his house today, isn't it? Isn't it good to be together? 2021. Who's excited for 2021? Is anybody excited for what God's going to do? I believe God's going to do some mighty things in this year. I really do. And I believe that he has a plan. Who knows that God still has a plan? Anybody here believe that God has a plan? He has a plan. God has a purpose. Right? He has a plan and a purpose. Amen. I just want you to say that again. God has a plan and a purpose. I want to go in, into this immediately and, and not delay. Uh, last week, because this was the Christmas season, so we looked at portions of the Christmas story for these last couple of weeks. And, and last week, I just reminded us of one of the greatest conspiracies of all time, which was to kill Jesus before he even had a chance to grow up and be Jesus the Christ. You know, he was born Jesus, the Son of God. And he was just a baby, uh, and, and, and he still had to grow and learn, and, and you can go through your word and see all that. And at one point, then his ministry began. So 30 years previously, the enemy was trying to take him out before he even had a chance. That's what the Bible says. There was a great conspiracy to kill this Jesus. We know that because uh, Herod was obviously inspired by demonic influence, and he sought to kill Jesus. He was instructed by the Magi when they came looking for Jesus to tell him where this prophesied baby king was so he could come and worship him. But God warned the Magi in a dream not to go back to Herod, and God warned Joseph in a dream to leave the country. So Herod then shows his true intentions for his supposed desire to worship this baby king. And what does he do? He directs that the entire region kill all the babies two years and younger because he had been outwitted by the Magi. So what we saw in this portion of the Christmas story is that Satan has an agenda and the world unknowingly working with Satan and his fallen lower kingdom also have an agenda and they have tremendous earthly power and earthly knowledge. Everybody say earthly power, earthly knowledge. And they manipulate. That's what this story was. It was also a manipulation. He said, I want to worship him. That's what they do. Their power is in knowledge, obtaining knowledge. Uh, do you know that Hitler was obsessed with the occult? You know, the whole Indiana Jones series, which is fun to watch, came out of truth. Did you know that? That the Nazis uh, went looking, directed by Hitler, looking for objects to give him an advantage in the war, Obviously, because he just didn't want a war, he wanted to rule the world, right? Who do you think inspired him to do that? And uh, he knew that there were things throughout history that appeared, and we know through the word they did, but appeared to have power like the Ark of the Covenant, and if he could find it, maybe that could give him the edge. And so uh, Herod, 2,000 years earlier, just like Hitler, they, uh, they manipulate and they obtained uh, knowledge, and they're seeking out 
uh, the upper hand. And the key to this story is that their knowledge of times and events and figures is gathered from intel, from information. Everybody say, from information. But their knowledge, everybody say this out loud, their knowledge is limited. Herod's knowledge was only given to him suddenly by the Magi. Who knows that the people of God, the Magi had tapped into, most likely, we don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us where they came from, but most likely it's, or it's very possible, and that's maybe what I'm going to get to, time and the Holy Spirit uh, allows, um, that Daniel had uh, even spoken of things uh, and, and had, and these Magi were from, uh, were following from what had been told for a very long time. But regardless, we know that the Bible had prophesied this baby king, this Jesus, for thousands of years. And so Satan has a limited knowledge, and the world powers, you know, people talk about the conspiracies of the Illuminati, and I'm not going to get into all that because I don't know who they are and what they're what they're doing, but we know that there is, you can call it whatever name you want, there is an agenda to rule this world with their plans, their lower earthly knowledge kingdom to rule and to decide what you will do who you will worship, ultimately it's them, right? That's what it always turns to. At first, it's just we're going to remove worship. At first, it's just that it's just more convenient that I allow worship of everyone, that everyone gets a chance to worship whoever they want. That's the fake, that's the manipulation, that's the facade. And then ultimately, who? what is it? It's, you know, I'm not going to do it, but hail Hitler. You know, that's where it goes. That's where it becomes. Hail the person. Hail Herod. And so... They're limited in their knowledge, but they're searching, and they can tap in. You know, the world knows that things are up right now. You don't have to be a Christian to know that something is going on in the world. The world is very aware. Go look at the lines outside the gun shop. I'm just saying. I just want to go there to get a few things. I don't, I'm not trying to go there to stock up like them, because we're not in that, I'm not in that circle. I just wanted to go get something, and two different times, Aaron and I went there. I'm like, I'm not waiting in the line 30 degrees for two hours. Sorry, guys. But what are they sensing? What are they tapping into? And the world leaders, you know, even, you could even, you could even theorize that Satan inspired the Internet as a way that he could gather up more knowledge because he doesn't, he's not God. He's not all-knowing. If he was all-knowing, he, he wouldn't have allowed Jesus to pass through this conspiracy and escape, and he wouldn't have allowed Jesus to be crucified. The Bible actually tells us that. It literally says that if the rulers of this age, of this lower kingdom, of this earthly kingdom, had understood what was going on with Jesus' death, that they would have never done it because it brought our life, our eternity, our redemption. Amen. So there is a knowledge and there is a conspiracy, and there is a plan of the enemy that is always at work. It was at work 2,000 years ago. I'm here to encourage you today. I want to encourage you. 
that there has always been a plan. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden, and there was a plan to take this relationship, this kingdom. It's not just a relationship, but it was a special relationship. It was a relationship where God rules in heaven as king of the universe, and mankind ruled as kings of the earth. And Satan's been after your kingdom ever since. Jesus said, I come back, I'm coming, tell, talking about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. That's, Jesus is always talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God being furthered on the earth. And that's what he's been after. And so they try, and they plot, and they plan. Come on. But the Bible says, I love this story, and I just had to go, we're going to move from this. I'm just introing here, but this is important. Uh, Herod heard of a king, and he conspired to stay in power with inside information, which only partially came because the world has a feeling of the times and seasons. The devil and the rulers of this fallen earth can sense and they can gather information to discern possible times and seasons. The enemy and the rulers of this world, they discern. There are people that are paid millions of dollars to predict and discern. There are computer programs that you don't even know about that are running. They're running behind the scenes telling world leaders on what to do and how to do it and when to do it. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what's happened. That is real. But all they can do is gather information and knowledge and what the enemy can give them. Sometimes it feels like their information and their knowledge is futuristic. It's supernatural because it seems like it's more than just, just perception. And that's because the devil has an understanding because he was with God for we don't know how long, but just with God. Just, let's just leave it at that. He was with God personally, and there is knowledge. And in fact, that's what he offered Adam and Eve. I'll give you knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. If you'll eat of it, you'll be, he says, you'll be like God. He wasn't lying, but what he meant to say was you'll be like little G God. You'll be like me. They were already like big G God. <laughs> you eat that fruit. And you can become like little G God, like me. Which means, by the way, my manipulation and my lying, what I'm not telling you is that I'll become your big G God until what he doesn't realize, till Jesus rescues us. Amen. Amen. Can I get an amen for that? But it says, it says that while Herod was conspiring, he could sense these times and seasons to, for their own, to position themselves according to their own power and gain. But this is what we need to realize. God allowed, there is knowledge that just is about. You know, anybody can pick up the Bible and read it. There are, uh, how many movies that mention the name Armageddon? Armageddon only comes from the Bible, and yet Hollywood talks about Armageddon way more than Christians do. Would you agree? So there is a 
information even of the Bible. We can find out about Jesus, knowledge about Jesus. Don't you find it funny when the world tries to tell you as a Christian about your Jesus? And they say things like, you know, Jesus didn't even say he was the Son of God. And I'm like, where are you getting your information? Because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like you are using perceptions and feelings and information and not the Spirit of the Lord that is within the Scriptures, and then we can, you know, I mean, obviously, we know the answer to that question. The whole cover to cover is, is blatantly telling us that this is the ordained Son of God, the anointed one, the, 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 he's different, you know, all the different Greek words. He's not like anything else in the universe. He was with God before the earth was made, and God made everything through him, and so on, right? But there is a percent, you know, the, the world knows of Jesus, and they make stupid statements like that, but they're coming from a place of knowledge and information, and God does not limit the world from having this information. God allows information, God allows knowledge. You could almost say it like it's not even that God allows it, He just doesn't stop it, He doesn't restrict it. And in many ways, uh, partially because my temporary knowledge of Jesus uh, welcomes me to the revelation of Jesus. Does that make sense? Like you need to know, it says, the Bible says, how will they know if no one tells them? Right? So I, can, I heard about Jesus, and then there were those that rejected Jesus when they heard about him, and then there were those that received him, and what happens? What's the Bible say what happens when they received him? A revelation comes. But there were many. In fact, uh, a later Herod, uh, you know, one of the descendants here, there was a lot of Herods, there's a whole bunch of the family, uh, wants to know about this Jesus, just wants to know about him, right? At the time of his death, time of his crucifixion. And he just says, oh, he's crazy. Here he is, the son of God, standing in front of a future, another Herod. And he just says, oh, he's crazy. And so he has a perception. I want to I meet this Jesus. I've heard about him. Do something. Show me something. I've heard there's enough knowledge and enough information that I know there's something about you, but I don't have the revelation yet of who you are. So God allows the knowledge of the times and the seasons. God allows the knowledge of even understanding that Jesus, you know, who Jesus is, and then the world comes up with their own perceptions. But he allows the knowledge of it. And, but the wisdom, everybody say, the wisdom and the revelation are only for his people. Do you ever talk to someone who claims to be a Christian, and, and you're not judging them, and I'm, that's why I'm not going to mention any names, because I, I couldn't even think of one person that I'm in my mind that I'm thinking of right now, but just the, a general person who calls himself a Christian, but what you hear when they talk is knowledge. You hear when they talk, it sounds like, okay, you've been to church, I, can, I know that. I can tell you, you've, you attend churches, or you've at least attended a church in your life. And you have an awareness of what the Bible says. But there's something without judgment, right? This is an internal thing. This is a personal thing. You're not judging them and put elevating yourself. But something in your spirit doesn't connect with their spirit. You're not one because they're not quite there. They haven't had a revelation yet. They haven't fully let Jesus in. 
They've let the knowledge in. They've let the understanding in. When I was a little kid, they used to teach us, okay, it's in your head. Now it needs to make its way to your heart. And, you know, as funny as that sounds, I remember at 15 years old when that actually happened. Because I was born and raised in it. And if anybody, I'm like Paul in the sense that he says, you know, I was born and raised in this thing. And I had full, I mean, we literally, I was at church six days a week. We slept underneath the pews. You guys don't even know what pews are anymore. The old ones do. We slept underneath the chairs of the church. I mean, I attended so many services, I couldn't even tell you. People were like, oh, I don't want to deprive my kids of things because they're going to miss out on life, so I don't want them to go to church too much. I'm telling you, I went to church more than any other kid in this whole valley. There's a few of us around that went. Maybe this guy here was one of those. And, um, and that's how we were born and raised. But you know what? At 15 years old, suddenly I had the knowledge that I had knowledge and not Jesus in my heart. I'm not even going to try to discern, was I going to go to heaven or hell? I don't even know the answer to that question. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't even know. I don't know if I was at the age of accountability that we talk about, where my innocence of a child had left, and now there was a gap of time where I was in danger zone. But all I know is the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and was like, you need to know Jesus tonight. You need to deal with things tonight. And I remember we had this worship service go on for like four hours. And I didn't even know what or how I was going to get this. I mean, because I, it's in my head. I know who Jesus is. What does this even mean? And finally I broke and I just wept and I wept and I wept. And I knew right then and there that whatever was in my head, that knowledge had become a revelation. And that now I knew this Jesus. And I know that it was not just an experience because now suddenly my friend said you're not cool anymore suddenly some of the words out of my mouth that I used to think were okay even though I attended church and said I was a Christian now they were not coming out of my mouth and nor did I have any intention of saying those words again suddenly my enormous pile of secular music which somehow as a Christian I thought was okay I took him outside at 15 years old I took a hammer and I smashed him to bits and then I lit them on fire no one told me to do that suddenly at 15 years old I felt compelled to devour the Word of God and to read that entire thing on my own and to understand it not because I wanted more knowledge I had plenty of knowledge but because I wanted to know this Jesus there is a knowledge and there is an understanding that anyone in this world can access, but there is a revelation, there is a place in the Spirit of God that only His people can access. It can only come through His invitation, A, yes, and we have all received that invitation, and B, by us saying yes to Jesus. I did not have to say yes to Him. In fact, 99%, right, we, you can agree with me here, 99% of our peers in that generation decided to not accept that invitation. They took their knowledge, they either threw it in the garbage, or they continued to live with knowledge and no spirit of God and went and lived in the world. I'm here to tell you something today, 2021. This is where I'm getting to, though. You will not, I've been saying this for five years as a church, but this year, as I've been prophesying and prophesying it, but this is it. You will not make it. 
in the next coming season with knowledge and information. It's the realm of this world. And a Christian cannot have a mixture. What happened is that mixture, you can go through your word, we don't have time, but that mixture enters uh, his people at many uh, seasons, and Babylon's a portion of that. And all it does is just make a big mess. Just makes a big mess. We must be completely and totally removed and from this world. And this is the key. There are plots and plans to destroy Christians. There are plots and plans in the works right now, as we know, to destroy America. And unless we are in, in, I'm, I want you to say this out loud. I can't just be in. I need to be in, in. We need to be in the inner, inner. Come on, we can't be on the outer courts. We need to be in the inner courts, that secret place, that most holy of holies, not dancing around the outside. Because what happens is, I cannot prove this, but after the service last week, I was talking to someone who I can trust to talk to, and I said, you know, I can't prove it, but when all those babies died, I am, I am convinced that there were many that had dreams and revelations that told them to get out just like Jesus, just not written in the scriptures. But I'm convinced that the Lord didn't allow a mass execution of all those uh, babies without any warning whatsoever to his people. You know, even in history, there are, I was just telling Rick uh, last Sunday after the service, that there is, you can read book after book after book of people saying that during World War II, they felt this thing in, in them. And, and there's a movie I love, it's called Defiance. And they kind of tap into this history, it was real history, where the Jews believed, okay, we don't like the situation, yes, we're in a ghetto, and we're ostracized, but at least we're alive, and we're given food and water every day, we can still pretty much function in society, and we don't believe it'll get any worse than that, and uh, the movie Defiance kind of taps into some of that, because they try to go in and say, listen, this is your last chance to get out before some things happen. We can get you through the gates. There won't be another chance. And the movie shows that some of the children left, some of the older ones, the stubborn ones, let, stayed, and they died. That's history. And there were others that left the nation a generation before or sometime in that generation. There is a revelation. There is a, a place above knowledge. And we call it living in the spirit as Christians. It's not, it's not dust and smoke and goosebumps. It's not smoke filling the room. It's not you feeling like, oh, God, the Spirit of God is in here. This is a thing inside your spirit. You're a spirit being. That's the only part of you that will last for eternity. Your flesh will go into the ground. Thank God. I'm so thankful for that. Because the older you get, you realize, I don't really like this flesh. But our spirit is eternal. And there is a place in God. It does not guarantee your safety in the natural, though. And I know this is a disclosure I must make, because I like preaching the whole word of God. I don't like just preaching the fun and happy stuff and keep you from the truth. There is a story. It's one of my favorite stories, because it's truth. It's when Paul is trying to go to Asia, and the Spirit of God says, no, so he asked God again, I want to go to Asia. God says no. Well, series of events, you've heard me preach on it before, 
But Paul ends up on a ship that gets shipwrecked. He's in the ocean now. They don't eat for two weeks. He's in the ocean uh, completely adrift for two days. They come up on shore. They go to gather wood to start a fire. And he gets bit by a viper. Out of the, It was a ship of prisoners. And Paul, come on, Paul who said, I've had so much revelation from God that God gave me a thorn in my side to limit, so, so that I realize that I'm still a human being, though, that his revelation came from me, came from him, you know? And, and that same Paul, out of a prisonership, come on, people want to judge you. They say, oh, the bad happened in your life because you must have done something wrong. That's exactly what they said. You know, as Christians, you know, what do Christians say to other Christians? Christian dies at 60 years old. Man, he must have done something wrong. He was 60. He must have been in sin. You know, Christian has, a, they miss a bill, miss a payment. He must have done something wrong. I want to say the C-R-A-P word. That's garbage. That's total garbage. That's from the devil. Here's Paul, and they say to him, man, you must have done something wrong because we're a prisoner ship. And Paul's a prisoner. They just don't know he's a prisoner for Jesus Christ. And they say to him, man, you must have done something wrong because you escaped all that. It's called a Eurocliden. They got into this ship, man. The Eurocliden is when it was a storm from all sides. And it sent that thing down. Here he is on shore. He gets bit by the viper. And the Bible says he just shook it off. When they saw that happen, here's where the story turns. Everybody say the turn. I said this to you a couple weeks ago. The Lord's about to do the turn in the story. Amen. Because the Bible says the turn happened. They looked at him and said, wait a second. He's not dying. He should be dead in a few minutes. That's a viper. And the Bible says that when they saw that, the whole entire island, one by one, came and received their healing, received their miracles. Now, this is what I'm trying to tell you. You will not make it without the Spirit of the Lord being led by the Spirit of God. He had good intentions. He had good intel and information. I'm sure of it that if Paul decided Asia was where I'm going to go, that Paul did not make that decision flippantly that he had intel and information and knowledge that there is a great need over in Asia. We're talking about Paul the Apostle here. He didn't just travel around mindlessly. I'm thinking that area there, man, they need Jesus, and I'm the guy to do it. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit restricted him. That wasn't his path. And every Christian alive would have judged Paul for missing God. He could have been in Asia that place needs it. Doesn't Paul know that Asia needs God? He's, and now here he is wasting his life on a prison ship. And meanwhile, God's got a plan through it. Thank you, Jesus. I love that story because that story shows that it's not guaranteeing you peace and security and safety in the earth, but it's guaranteeing you that we must be led by the Spirit of the Lord and do what he says, period. And I really feel, in fact, I feel a great danger. Uh, in fact, church, you need to be praying until the 6th, the next couple of days, because what's going to happen is good intentions, and I pray this through in worship a little bit, but we need to pray again. We need to keep praying. There is an obvious evil going on right now. Everyone knows that. We're talking Christians, non-Christians, even Satanists. 
that are Trump supporters, I don't know if it's possible, but they know that something's up. But good intentions without the Spirit of God just turn into a mess, and in fact, will end up being war. Even with good intentions. We need to be praying right now that the Spirit of God touches this nation, touches our president, and, and, and compels even people on the right side to not make a decision based on information and knowledge and even this righteous anger inside them that they know that something's what's right and wrong and that the devil could use that to try to just create a bigger mess and more just bloodshed that doesn't need to be. God used the Civil War, but after the Civil War, you know what they said in history? They said there was no winner. There was no winner. You go back and look at history, no side won, because they said the amount of bloodshed that we lost does not, there is no way to possibly determine a winner. Now, we, God used it because he was starting the process of abolishing slavery. Thank you, Lord, right? All the African Americans across this nation today should be so thankful. I think many of them are, but some of them should be more thankful than they are that God used it to abolish slavery and, and, instead of judging it as some sort of white-black thing. God used it. God did. But there was no real winner, they say, because the amount of bloodshed that was unnecessarily spilled in that war. The Bible says in Colossians 2, verse 2, it says, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love, I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. This is knowledge. This is information. You know, even some things we don't understand, we can make good decisions and bad decisions that God uses at all, thank God. Aren't we thankful that God uses even our bad decisions with humility and with turning to Him and seeking His face? He'll turn, He can turn everything and anything around. Amen. But right now, this is what I I'm, I'm feel from the Spirit of the Lord, that... Even well-crafted arguments, it says in verse 8, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. The Amplified says so-called philosophy, and I love this. The uh, Amplified Classic says, and intellectualism. There's so much intellectualism trying to discern our times and discern the church. You know, the church hires secular groups to come in and meet with their corporate boards to figure out how to reach more people. Did you hear what I just said? Church boards hire secular people who are, have lots of intellectualism, these companies or organizations to come in and sit with them and figure out how to reach people. I thought, based on my word, that the Spirit of God draws men to himself. And I thought 
We are just supposed to be about the Father's business, preaching the kingdom of God. And you know what's so sad but so true? Not everyone will receive that truth. And you cannot trick people into it and manipulate them into it. That's what the devil does. All you're going to have if you do that is somebody confused at the great white throne of judgment who thinks they're a Christian because they were actually sold a false truth, a lower kingdom living, a lower lifestyle, a, a, a different, really, literally, there's no difference between giving them Allah and giving them Jesus, but it's not really Jesus. There's no difference. Anyway, I don't want to get into that, but that's the point, is that there is intellectualism and philosophy, and it says it comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God, and this is our unity with Christ, which gives us access to the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells us that in the book of John, in chapter 15, 16, 17, and 18, talks about the Holy Spirit, not have fear, because he'll give us truth, he'll give us uh, heavenly knowledge, not earthly knowledge, and says, so in Christ lives all the fullness of God in the human body, so you are, that's us, complete through your union with the real Christ, Jesus Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. There is a plan and an agenda both in the national scale, both in, in uh, it, it, not just both, multifaceted, world scale, and in the church scale, to do this, to dilute it, to control it, to manipulate it. And you know, all the information, Herod had all this information, uh, Hitler had all the information, and you know, this is so amazing, oh man, I could just see, the devil is so crafty, you know why the devil tries to get people to, to, to think there's no dreams anymore? Because all that God had to do was give Joseph one dream, and he bypassed this entire conspiracy one dream to the Magi, and they're gone. Isn't that amazing? All the information, all the knowledge, all the pitting and the playing and positioning. I did the history I told you last week on who Herod trying to position himself to be ruler of this region. And all of that, and God gives one simple dream to Joseph. One dream. Listen, the Holy Spirit directing us can just bypass the whole situation. One word, the Bible says, you know, a word of love, a word of life, right? A kind word turns away wrath. You could have this entire war of wrath coming towards you. And you ever do this? You've ever tried it as a Christian? Come on, I know that many of you, I've heard, I've heard your stories. You said, I'm sorry, or I love you, when you wanted to say, I hate you, and you wanted to spill out your side of the argument in war. And instead, somehow, this word comes out of you. You didn't mean it. I love you. I'm sorry. You're thinking in yourself, I'm sorry. You're the one that needs to be sorry. And what does it do? Who watched that war? If you haven't seen it happen yet, it's time to be Christian and watch it happen. Because what happened to that war? Maybe not instantly every time, right? But who has seen it? Who has seen that war just fizzle out? See, by, we're led by the Spirit of the Lord. 
there is knowledge. And even and the devil is tapped in. He's got the, he knows the Bible better than you. I'll spend my entire life in the Bible. And in knowledge, he'll still know it better than me. But he doesn't know the spirit of God. He doesn't know the story behind the story. He thinks he does, but obviously not, because I've got the history lesson, which tells me the future lesson. History tells me every time he tried to sideswipe God, God had already worked it out generations ahead of time. Why would it be any different right now? Come on, church, and we encouraged. Why would it be any different in this era that we are in right now that just because he is doing things, to, and it looks like manipulating and controlling the times and even the church, God has a plan. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and uh, we'll, I'll wrap it up with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 says, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom. What he really means here, if you look at these words, is I didn't use earthly knowledge and earthly wisdom and smart words. I didn't use smart things and clever ways to reach you. I didn't need 10 allegories and 15 jokes and five stories to give you one scripture in my sermon. Wait a second. Anybody, did that just blow right over your head or did you get that? I just gave you God's secret plan. You might know it as, in your translation, the mystery. Jesus is a mystery. He's still a mystery. We know him. He's no longer a mystery. There's still a mysterious part about him, isn't there? Because we live, uh, we look through what the Bible calls, depending on your translation, sunglasses. I can, I can see him. I know he's real, and I know his word, but it's still kind of shaded because I'm still in a human body, and thank God that like another lens of that comes off daily if you're seeking him. But it's still, he's still shrouded in a mystery. He still holds back because my human mind can't co possibly comprehend. So the Bible says that there is a mystery and a secret plan of God. And he says, you cannot, and well, let me just let the word say it. Verse 2 says, I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid, and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. I love that. I love that. I want to get on YouTube and start a new channel. I'm going to call it Boring, Plain, Word of God. Let's see how many followers I get. I'm just going to call it plain, just plain old preaching. Sure, we'll have a, you know, we'll have a niche of people that be like, yeah, I love that. It'll be like 20 followers. It'll be 20 million watching some guy eat glue. Come on, that's YouTube. It makes me really sad. Like I've, I told the kids before, I've, I'm not offended. They watch some really funny characters. There's a guy, his name's Mr. Beast. I think everybody knows about him. Or is you will know about him this year because he is looking like he's going to be number one on YouTube. And he does really fun stuff. It's all clean. There's real, literally nothing non-Christian in it. But I'm so heartbroken that he has 40 million-something subscribers, 40 million watching him shoot fireworks off. 
And literally the title is, I spend $40,000 on the world's largest firework. That's, the, that's what it is. And that's fine. As you want to watch that, but literally then, you know, the preacher who preaches the word of God and the truth has nine followers. That's so sad. And yet that's what Paul said. That's what I decided to do because I'm not about reaching the masses. Of course, my heart is for them. In fact, Paul said, if I could be accursed and all of my people be saved, I would do it. I don't think I would say that. I'm not willing to go to, to be cursed for eternity. I can't even say that. I don't even know how that's in the Bible, but that's Paul. And you know what Paul says? But I'm never going to reach them, ever. We're not, it's not a knowledge thing. This is not an information thing. This is not a show. This is real. This is me and God and the Spirit of God. This is prophecy and revelation and dreams and visions. It's not in your mind, and it won't ever come from the words in my mouth. The words from my mouth are plain, and he says it. I don't even need to say it. Let me just let the word say what he said was happening when he spoke plain. I decided that while I was with you, I would just forget everything and preach Christ. He said, I came to you in weakness and timid and trembling, verse 3 and verse 4, and my message and preaching were plain. He said, rather than using clever and persuasive uh, speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm Paul, and I've realized Man, this entire elaborate conspiracy to have to kill two years in the future. All the, it's literally a two-year-long conspiracy. If you do the math, that's easy to figure out. Two years old and younger means it had been going on for two years, that there's a conspiracy to kill Christ two years later, and all that God had to do was give a simple dream to one man, and the whole thing is squashed, and the world doesn't even know it. As far as Herod's concerned, I dealt with that because I killed everybody two years and younger. The world thinks, Satan thinks, well, we dealt with that. Jesus, meanwhile, is growing up in Egypt. Man, isn't God good? Isn't he kind and merciful and gracious? We need to live by the whole power of the Holy Spirit. This is a time to live by the Holy Spirit. I promise you, it's coming. If it's not here already, you will not be able to live and information, and knowledge, and intellect, and my feelings ever again. I did this, verse 5. Here's the clincher. I did this so you would not trust in my clever, persuasive, human, garbage wisdom, but in the power of God. Why are we so afraid to say the power of God? the Spirit of God? Let's do a poll across Christianity, across the churches. Let's just do a poll. Just saying Spirit of God is like, ooh, you one of those churches? We just read the Word. Yeah, so do I, uh, just like Paul did, and guess what? It only comes by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Maybe I'll have a dream, all of a sudden, man, what I just thought was just words on a page suddenly have come to life. Wow, Jesus, wow, you're so alive, you're so real, I understand your word. 
I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Yet, when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or the rulers of this world. I love that there's a comma here, who are soon forgotten. That's like my favorite part right there. Human knowledge, human wisdom. Yeah, I mean, it puffs up, it builds up, builds a kingdom. Last time I checked, Germany sure went through a season of hell. They divided it, put up a big wall. They didn't know what to do with that nation after the war. Last time I checked, there was quality cars coming from that nation, and Hitler was just some guy in history. Last time I checked... Human knowledge and wisdom, sure, it builds a kingdom for a time. It seems like they're winning. But last time I checked, the Lord consistently throughout history severs them and crushes them. And, and really, I didn't have time, but I had planned on looking at Daniel today because the Lord tells a few people in our Bible who they are and who he is. Don't you love that? We're just reading the book of Daniel as the church right now. If you're doing our Bible plan, that's what we're going through. And God really shows people who they are and I had planned on last week as well you remember the story where they came in to besiege uh, uh, Sennacherib Sennacherib however you say his name he comes in to deal with Israel and and so he's like no one can stand in our way you can't stop us and you know what God says to him the only reason that you were able to crush all those nations so far is because I allowed it and because I gave you power and now because you don't realize that I gave it to you and you're not God and I am, you're going to die. That's your Bible story for the today, children. Really quickly, he says, uh, No, the wisdom that we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it come on right now you need to understand that the rulers of this time they think they understand and they think they've got a plan but they've never understood and they don't understand today what they're doing all they're doing is setting a platform for god's greater glory that's what happens the worst times in history the worst episode of calamity that ever happened, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, was the platform for the greatest miracle that was ever performed in history. If they had known, if they had understood, come on, because they had knowledge Satan had knowledge. Okay, I know by now, because I tested this guy, took this guy, Jesus. Yeah, he's just the son of a carpenter, because that's what they're saying. But these Jews, it seems like they're, they're, I've seen some miracles, and yeah, I can perform some miracles, but it seems like when Lazarus was raised from the dead, and when I took him up and I tested him the three times, and he wouldn't do what every other human would do, he wouldn't bow down to me, he wouldn't give himself his own glory, he wouldn't turn those stones into bread, I'm pretty sure this is the Son of God. I think it's clear by now, so I'm going to kill him. So he had knowledge, and it had finally come to a culmination where, okay, my knowledge is complete, it's definitely him, I'm killing him, and Jesus... Come on, don't you love the Lord's story? God in heaven, the heaven starts shaking. It starts rumbling. Come on, there's an earthquake. And you know what the earthquake is? It's God's anger. 
I mean, towards Satan, but it's also his laughter. Come on. God starts laughing in heaven, and the earth starts quaking because he says, Satan, you fool! You just gave victory to me and my kingdom forever and ever, and it can never be stolen again. If they had known, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. Isn't that amazing? When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It's impossible to receive the truth of God's Spirit without the Spirit of God. So the Bible says, it all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. It goes on to say that the Holy Spirit searches God's heart, and he reveals and, and reveals his heart to us. In fact, the Bible says that God does nothing without first revealing it to his prophets. God, there is an inside information that is beyond the word information, human information, human knowledge, human wisdom. There is a wisdom, there is a place that we must live in by the Spirit of the Lord in this time. It might direct you to do things that seem very odd to the entire world. It might seem very odd even to all the Christians, but you're going to have to decide to either follow knowledge and intellect, intellectualism, good ideas, good intentions. There's certainly plenty of evil intentions that we've decided not to, to follow that the world is, but even good and, and, and all these ideas, I mean, if it were me, and I was Joseph, and I just got revelation that this is the Son of God and not just a baby, I don't think I would go down to Egypt. Jesus, the Savior of the Hebrew, Israel people, I'm going to go to Egypt, the very place that God rescued us from, and told us never to go back to. Come on, we need to be led by the Spirit of the Lord, and it won't make sense more than ever before. I promise you that. But you are going to know that you know that you know that you know in your spirit inside you because first what you're doing is you're getting your spirit lined up with him. You're just getting rid of your will. They had already given themselves. Joseph and Mary had already sacrificed their will. He told him, I want you to marry her anyway, even though it doesn't make sense to you. So his will was gone. And when God, when your will is gone, then God can actually speak to you and you'll know it's his voice. Amen. Amen. We just thank you, Lord God, for this sermon. I pray you plant it deep in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And I thank you, Lord, for the truth of it. And Lord, for the revelation of it. And Holy Spirit, I pray that we, Lord, would walk with you. That we would not be pulled away by the luring of, of even good ideas and intellects. But Lord, we would listen to you and listen to you, Holy Spirit. And we'd be led by you in the season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.